are lucky today to be joined by Musa Otieno, a former Kenyan international, someone that I played against, um, a six foot plus monster who used to play for Santos in Cape Town, one of the most beautiful parts of the world. Musa Otieno, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning. I'm okay. Thank God. It is a beautiful day. It is chilly in, in Nairobi. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, yeah, in England, Grace at the moment, it is bright, sunny, and hot. <laughs> very unusual for England. Uh, even for us in Kenya, it is a very unusual in August, but uh, the weather is cold like this. So, Musa, let's, let's get straight into it. You know, you've got a, a large history with playing football in South Africa. What made you move to South Africa to start playing football? <laughs> Oh, I think for me, I can say that it was it was just a God-given uh, uh, opportunity, which I know that uh, in 1997, when I got an opportunity of coming to Santos, I think majority of people knew Kenya as athletics guys. And uh, when I went to Santos, you know, it was a matter of, we always call them colored. You know, it was, it, was, it was difficult. For me, I can say it was difficult. But it is an opportunity which I said that uh, it was part of my dream, just to get an opportunity of playing professional football. You know, lucky enough, I landed in Cape Town. That was in September 1997. You played over 300 games for Santos, scored 34 goals, um, won the league with a very unfashionable team. You know, <laughs> um, what was your time like at Santos? I, I think for me, first of all, I can say that uh, when you talk about the weather, you know, it was a bit of a challenge because coming from Kenya and Nairobi, you know, those are the times where. Kenyan players were not even looking of going outside. It was just a matter of getting a job and you are, you are satisfied. But for me, getting that boldness of going to, to Cape Town, I, I believe that uh, it was part of my dream. I looked where I came from and I knew that this is an opportunity. Regardless of the tribe, regardless of the color, it was just football was simple. I was just vocal. I, I just commanded in, from the first day. You know, I remember very well my former captain and coach, Coach Duncan, when you look at me, it was a matter of, hey, this guy cannot even run. How yeah. can he play soccer? Because it was, I know. But uh, I think I, I knew my strength. And uh, with the, the nickname which they gave it to me, the Kilimanjaro, I believe that uh, I commanded very well. I was not quick when, let's say, when running, but I was quick in the brain. I was quick on thinking. I just knew that I need to get the contract. I stayed there for two months. First of all, we, even without being given a contract, it was a matter of trying to check my character. And, but I can tell you, I signed a one-year contract deal with Santos. It was not easy. There's no way I could have spoken Afrikaans because I was Hutu. But I knew where it came from. I knew that uh, there was a follower of Kenya who were looking for me. I think at that time I was like the second player to go and play professional football. One of the first one was uh, Michael Koth who went to Belgium. And for me now going to South Africa, it was just an eye-opener for me. But I can tell you, life, life was difficult. First of all, as a foreigner, you know, uh, I can just send my condolences to Mrs. Venn and Mr. Venn. I think they took me as a family at the age of 23. You know, it was, it was difficult, but what motivated me very well, it was a matter of, I knew where I was coming from. And I knew that this is an opportunity which I need to grab it. Money was not as such because at that time, you know, it was like, if you're getting like 5,000 rand, it was, it was something which was big. At Santos, you are getting uh, like 2,500 a month compared to what I was getting at Kenya Breweries. <laughs> well, hey, listen, Musa, my first salary when I was at Rangers playing the same time as you was 900 rand. 
Wow, so, so we were lucky. <laughs> so you were very lucky. You were very lucky. <laughs> no, no, but I think for me, I can tell you that uh, once I, late, uh, I reached at Cape Town, first of all, I said that it was in September. You know, the weather was cold. It was, it was a matter of is you. People are still, it was a, a bit of a semi-professional. You know, people just train in the afternoon. And then uh, in the morning, the whole day, you were just relaxing, you know, seeing table mountains going around. That is the first time when I look at the electricity train, I was like, Wait, where is this train going from? You know, in Kenya, we didn't have electricity train. It was something which was new for me. Environment sometimes can, you know, can put you to another different areas. But I think I took my, uh, my opportunity, the chance which I got, and, uh, you know, I signed for one season. You know, I think for me, I let football talk in the field, you know, regardless of whatever was going through me, because I knew that I'm representing my, our family in Kenya, you know, a family of 11, and uh, the people of Kenya. That is so, that is so uh, good to hear. Um, to be so courageous to take those steps so early on in your career. And obviously, there's people around you that helped you. Now, you mentioned two people earlier on, Mr. and Mrs. Please remind me their names. Mr. and Mrs. Venn, most of them now are diseased, have passed away because of the COVID pandemic. And I send my condolences to, the, to their families and uh, may their rest, may their soul rest in peace. I think they made, they, they made my job more easier because once as a foreigner, you normally need to get people who can, you know, friends, friends who can make you feel like you're at home. And I think for them, they made me feel at home like at Santos because we are only black people at, at the team. At that time, it was uh, David Notwani, the current uh, under 23 national team coach. And then there's a brother to McCarthy, Jerome McCarthy. You now there is a, again a head coach of the Namibia national, national team, Ricardo Manetti. You know, those were my teammates. You know, when you look at the team which we had, I think uh, it was a matter of, hey, my friend, you need to work hard here. You need to, you know, you need to play football, and I think that is what brought me. Regardless of the the situation which was at at Santos, I just knew that I need to make it. Now, <clears throat> while in South Africa, you won quite a few trophies. You won the PSL for a small team like Santos. PSL, you won the Bob Save Super Bowl and the EBSA Cup two thousand and three. Um, what can you attribute that success to? You mentioned some very good players. David Notwane, McCarthy, but what can you really attribute those three trophies success to? I think for me, first of all, it was a matter of the, the owner, first of all, Gulam Ali, I really respect him because he gave me that opportunity of playing for professional football. I think for him, he, he assembled a team which was like having experienced guys, guys who are like finishing their career. If you look at Edis Barty, who was the, the captain, Andre Arense was there, John Binzo from Zimbabwe, John Makitia, you know, Mayoyo. We had, we had a cream of players who are like over like, you know, experienced and, and young players, you know, players like Nassif, Nassif Morris who came in on, on board. But I think we, we, it was a matter of trying to prove ourselves. It was a matter of, I think he had a, a gel of bringing each and every player from different country. And then I think for, for us, we, we, had, we had a spine, which we, we call it in football. Santos had a spine, had a spine of, you know, a big keeper, you know, somebody was commanding, two central back, you know, a midfielder, Sebastian Bucks, you know. You know, we had like a cream of players who wanted to achieve something into their, into their career. You know, foreigners will come in and fight for their, for their, for their, for their families. And uh, nobody, nobody really respected Santos in a sense that uh, Santos, Santos were bringing some of the old guys. But I think we had, we are a family, a family who are looking after each other well.
I remember, as I said, we, we, we played um, against each other. And one of the things that when we used to come up against you guys is that you were a very big team, especially <laughs> yourself in midfield, who would win a lot of headers, break down a lot of play. What, was that really your role in the team? I think for me, first of all, you know, it was, it was amazing, you know, and this is going to the young players. Sometimes as, as, as a player, you need to be utility. And I think uh, Gordon at, at that time, you know, Clive Barker, our coaches, I think I passed through a lot of coaches. They knew our strength. And sometimes you could have been taken to the midfield. Sometimes I was playing as a centre-back. You know, you cannot believe that uh, there's a time which I was a goal, top, goal, goal, top, top goal scorer at Santos. You know, you know, when things were bad, I was going as a striker. Goodness gracious. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but that's, that's just insight by the managers. Because I remember when um, Gordon moved to Santos and we spoke about this earlier, I knew he was going to start playing you centre-back because of your <laughs> attributes, your height. Gordon liked a tall uh, centre-back who would win lots of headers. And, but I saw you excelling in defence. But where was your pre preferred position? You know, funny enough for me, when I came to South Africa, you know, I was, well, my early days, I was playing as a striker in Kenya. And then when I, <laughs> you know, when I went to South Africa, I think I was now playing as a midfielder too and as a centre-back. It was not easy for us to be in that position because remember, we had John Beans who was playing as a centre-back, Idris Bhatti was playing as a centre-back. But all these guys were national team players. And for me, you know, coming there as a centre-back from the national team, I think I was tactically good, maybe went to passing already on the game. And I was good in the air. And uh, Gordon, I think, uh, he, he really used my strength regardless of the team which you are playing for. And I think that is one of the things which coaches need to know. Sometimes when you're having a player, you need to play according to his strength. Sometimes I was playing as a centre-back. You know you know that somebody else is quick. He'll play against me, but he's there. He's going to cover. Kamal Saiti is there. And uh, going as a striker, too, sometimes when things are tough, I was like a striker, holding the ball for the guys to come in. So I think... Uh, the coaches at Santos really used our strength. And for me, I think when I was like retiring, I'll end up playing as a midfielder, which was, I think I feel more comfortable too. But uh, for me, my position, which you could have said, it was a central defender, which I think I played more than 450 games, first of all, at Santos. And wow. That is unbelievable. Such a utility player uh, to be able to play all across the park. I would basically say that's a coach's dream to have somebody like that. But your career didn't only stay in South Africa. You also told me that you played in America as well. Do you want to expand a bit on that? Yeah, you know, first of all, it is amazing that, you know, sometimes when you're young players, each and every person is always a dream of going to the States. At the age of 21, I was dreaming of going to the States, but I didn't get that opportunity. And that's why now I came and signed at Santos. At the age of 34, when I was like now retiring, there is a, a Christian team which was called Cleveland City Stars in Ohio. I think the most important thing for that team, it was a matter of bringing all the believers together just to come and share. You know, it was not about money. It was a matter of believers coming in and sharing the gospel. And I can tell you that uh, lucky enough, you know, I went there. I played the whole season at Santos. And then I went for a loan spell at uh, Cleveland City Stars, which I played for four months. You know, mind you, I scored uh, four goals. And uh, we were the winners, you know, and uh, for me, it was a dream come true, you know, going to at, th at that age and playing, you know, it's just a matter of, again, whatever you talk about God's time is always awesome. Because for me, you know, I didn't believe that I was going, I knew that my, my life was, was over. And I went there, I played for four months, you know, I met friends who are friends for me until now. 
And I think football, I really enjoyed as a believer. I think I knew my purpose. When I went to Cleveland, I think I played one of the best football into my career, you know, as somebody was all, you know, I played good football and uh, winning the winning goal, first of all, winning that medal in, in the USL too, it was something which was still remaining to my, to my, into my heart and to my place. What a journey. Not wanting to start off playing football, then going to South Africa, then ending up in, in America playing football at the age of 34. That's fantastic. But let's come back to Kenya now. Musa, let's look at Kenya. Kenya has such a rich heritage of producing elite athletes. Mm -hmm. But why is this not reflecting? I think for me, first of all, I can say that uh, it, is, it is a matter of the mindset, you know, and uh, sometimes we get people normally comes into the, to be maybe the president of football. Because if you look at most of the parliament guys who are now representing in the, in the, in the parliamentary seats in Kenya, majority of them use the tool of football to be elected, you know, there's a lot, more than four members of parliament who are like once the president of Kenyan football, you know, I think by this time we could have been now getting sponsorship. Football in Kenya is still a hobby. Football in Kenya, people just play because they want to play. You know, for me, I, I'm living because of football. You know, I played football all my career and whatever I was getting, I can tell my, my, my son to go and play. Yes. But in Kenya at the moment, it is still a food, it is still a hobby. People come in to support. There's no corporates who are coming in, maybe because of the of, of the way the guys are playing. Infrastructure too, it is still not in the standard of playing football. But it's people like us to come and support. We need to have corporates who can come in and, and pump in money because you end up finding that players are playing, even the national team. How can I lie to you? Two, 2004, when I went to play in the Cup of Nations, I got $30. As my as my as my allowance, and at that time I played with somebody like Al Hadi Diouf at Liverpool. You know, <laughs> thirty dollars. That was that that was our allowances in two thousand and four. And now you you went and marked somebody like Franklin Canute. You know, was playing at that time in Sevilla in, in in Spain. You know, it was and. Still up to now, we find that the clubs who are going for four months, four months, five months, they have not been paid. So me, I still believe that football in Kenya is still a hobby, you know? Well, talking about the national team, talking about football, what is your role? Because how can you not, with your experience, be linked to the national team? You know, I always say that in Kenya, abnormal is normal. Because sometimes, you know... <laughs> You know, that's, a dangerous, that's a dangerous saying. That's a dangerous you know, saying. I, I, I cannot lie to you. Sometimes it's not a matter of, you know, I cannot be maybe, uh, you know, playing 105 games and maybe playing in South Africa for 450 games and not being part of maybe the Kenyan football in a way that we can support in each and every department. You know, that's why I'm saying abnormal is normal. You know, even if you're not, you're dumb, I can say so. Sorry to say so. But there's something which you're having. You know, once when I came back in Kenya in 2010, I was part of the technical bench, which we really had and assembled a very good team in a sense that since then, I've not been part of them. But what I've been doing now, I've been an, I'm an instructor for the federation, which I'm coaching coaches to see on the grassroots level, how can we improve the coaches who are dealing with the youth down there? Because I think uh, whatever you're building a house, you need to start with the, with the foundation. And I think that is where the problem is. And uh, not everybody will be there in the, in, the, in the national team bench, but wherever you are, what are you doing? And for me, I said that I cannot fight with them. 
I cannot, uh, I just want to be part of an, a legacy, a legacy which will leave good football. Let's go back to the grassroots. Let's do some coaching down there. And I believe that that is what is going to be the, the good product. That is what I missed when I was like playing. And that is the same, same mistakes which you are doing because nobody wants to do the, to, to deal with the youth. There's no money there. That, that is absolutely fantastic. And it shows your, your interest in your game and the passion in the game that you want to start growing the, the game in Kenya, but not just the game, also responsible adults that will be in the game. But now you played under some very good managers. You played under Gordon Ingerson, Clive Barker. Did that not maybe start a fire in you to maybe want to go into football management? I, I think for me, one of the things which I can say, first of all, is to give uh, Farouk Abraham is the one who signed me at, uh, at Santos. I think for me, experience which I got from all the coaches, you know, from Sergio, from Duncan Crowley, from, you know, Baji Ban, you know, from uh, Clive Barker, from Gordon Egerson, from Roger Desa, you know, all those, all those are knowledge, all those are knowledge which I felt like when I was still playing as a captain, you know, there's so many things which have changed into nowadays football. Sometimes the new generation, they always want the coach to give them the problem, the solution, you know, and at, on our generation, as a captain, it was, it was upon me. I was like the link between me and the coach. Sometimes things were not working into the field. We'll gather together in the field and say, guys, hey, Idris, things are not working in your side. What is happening? By the time the coach gets that, by the time the coach is calling us, they've already made a solution in between in our field, in the different position. And that is what you are lacking. And I think the leadership just came from there. And if I can mention the names which we played, Idris Barton is a manager. Idris Barton is... Andre Arense now is analyzing matches. He's a, as assistant tra trainer at Supersport. You know, Sean Marquitia is a coach now. Mar uh, Manetti, Ricardo is a coach. David Notwani, those are leaders which we had at Santos. And all of them end up becoming coaches because those are the leaders which we had. And I think those are the core of the success of Santos, which we had. And it, it, for me, it just came automatically, even with the national team. Whatever I was there in the team, I was like, ah, an assistant coach in the pitch, because sometimes the crowd is big, the players, the coaches cannot, whatever he shouts, he can, players cannot hear, but you end up being the link between the players and, uh, and, and the coach. And for me, I think it just came from the early childhood. Now, each and every club which I played, I was like the captain since I retired and it just transformed from where it started. So are you gonna go into football management? Do you want to be a manager of a club that you oversee <laughs> And, and try and be as successful as you can. And maybe go back into South Africa and start managing. And I think that is what, uh, that is what I started the Musa Utiena Foundation before, and now it is called Kick of Hope. You know, I wanted to bring something which is unique, something which is from all the talent which I got from all the education which I got in South Africa, just to bring things in a professional level, because sometimes whatever you are having, something which you are bringing back to your country, some people have not seen what you have seen. You're trying to educate them, to, to tell them that things are being run in the professional way, but it is a bit difficult. It is a matter of starting something. People need to see what is happening with, with the ideas. And I think for us, so far, so good. Since uh, 2010, we came back, we started the Kick of the Whole Foundation, which is really dealing with the, with the youth. You know, we are trying to, to give back football to the community. We are trying to give a legacy which we feel like from the early childhood, they need to think professionally. 
They need to think how they are eating, who they are working with. For us, for them to reach where people like us, uh, Michael Olunga, Victor Wanyama, you know, because if you look at that trench, it takes us maybe after two to three years, that's why we're bringing in some, a good player who can go to overseas. But from the childhood age, from that age, which we call it the fun age, what are they doing? From the puberty stage, you know, we need to have stages which we're having a curriculum. And at kickoff to hope, like I said, that uh, things are happening and things are changing. And uh, we, we are back to, to business. I like your passion about talking about football, Musa. Um, it, it, it comes through so well. I wish I had met you more during our play <laughs> day to sit down and talk about football. Uh, but you guys were the elite team and we were just the team at the bottom trying to fight relegation. Um, but looking back at your playing career, where do you think you played your best football that satisfies you about the type of player you were? I think for me, it is two things. First of all, you know, we didn't talk about the first of all, the, the award which I was given at, uh, with the Dr. Ivan Koza, you know, after playing for 10 years at Santos. I think uh, at Santos, they gave me an opportunity, you know, and uh, the season which you won the, the ABSA Cup, the now called ABSA Cup, I think that is a season which I felt like, you know, wow, you know, this is my football. And then when I go to the States, I was more or less under less pressure because in Africa, when you are having, when you are reaching 28, 29, they tell you that you are a Madala, you know, you're an old guy. And, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 and for me playing at the age of 34, I think I knew that is, that is a peak age for me. I was less under pressure because I already have a family. I was like finishing my football career. You know, I just felt, you know, I retired with the national team at the age of 37, playing for the national team. And uh, that time I was playing with the Obi Mikel, in Kenya, we were playing with Nigeria in Nairobi. I was marking Obi Mikel in the midfield, and Obi Mikel at that time was playing for Chelsea. You know, for me, I just said, hey, guys, I've had enough. You know, I just want to retire like that. Not because I was, like, feeling I'm old, but I think I felt like I just need to leave to the youngsters who are coming in. But uh, when I look at the States, like I said, that is where I really enjoyed my football, you know, playing what gift to which God has given to me without pressure, without thinking about money issue. Yes, money was there, but bringing those friends who are going around playing just football. I think I really enjoyed my football in the States. Now, you, you've, earlier on, you touched on playing against Doof. You've mm -hmm. touched on playing with John Obi Mikau. I hope you still weren't earning $30 a, week, a day at the Kenyan national team as well. I, I think, you know, those, those are the times wherever you are playing the national team, but there's no package of whatever you were, were, were like playing for this. I cannot lie to you, let me not tell you, not lie to you. If it was not going to play in the South Africa, I could have just been like the former players who played for the national team without nothing. Because there was nothing, in, there's still nothing in Kenyan football, which is very, you know, after playing even 100 matches, you know, when, wherever you are playing to those teams, if you win, I remember 1997 when we played Nigeria, it was a very big thing until up to now people normally remember about Kenya playing in Nigeria. We drew 1-1. One, one. And that is the time now when, if you win, or if you perform well, that's when our politician will come in and give you an incentive of 10,000 Kenya shillings or 20,000. But from then, you just survive with your allowances. If you lose the match, that's it. And then you go home. I understand why you feel the structures need to be better in Kenya. The football structures, I mean, need to be better because players cannot survive on that type of funds. 
players cannot survive on uh, that lack of professionalism. They need more. Um, and are you in a position at this point in time to start directing that? Because clearly Kenyan football needs that. And I think if, if you can say so, because if you look at the new president now, President Dick Mwendo, I think at the moment he's trying to bring that professionalism. But mind you know that he cannot. He's a very young president who is having a vision of changing Kenyan football. But he needs people who can come and support him. You know, he needs people who can say that, you know what, this is my, this is my music. You know, it is very difficult for a young guy to come in and say that, hey, guys, you know what, this is how we want to change our perspective. You know, when he came in as a president, players are getting in allowances, which is more or less much better compared to how what you are getting. Players are getting good accommodation. But it, into our time, things are more difficult. But he cannot do it alone. He needs Kenyans who can come and support him. He needs corporates who can come in and support to think in, into bigger business, into football. You know, there's some figures which we hear about football in Kenya. is like, it is a dream. You know, it is something which is like, ah, it, is, it, is, it is not a dream to them. It is something which comes in and it passes on the other side. Look at South African League. It is not a big league, maybe compared to Europe. But players are retiring, getting good money. Corporates are coming in. They're supporting you. So when Musa is talking about this, when President Nick Melinda is talking about guys, we need to have people to affiliate with the federation. We need to have leagues who are playing with the federation. Those are the body which are running football in Kenya. People need to come and support it. Corporates need to come and support it. He cannot take out his money into the pocket and give to the guys. It is difficult. Very clear pattern fully understand more investment is needed in order to grow the game and also look after the players, not only during the career, but after their careers as well. Well, well when you talk about the after their career, you know, it's always a matter of, those are programs which you want know, to come and, and, and check. You know, sometimes when you look at the players, maybe my former players who played there, you know, a long time ago and the ones who I played with, it is, it is a shame to look at, uh, to them. You know, it is a shame to see how, how they are going through in life, you know, and uh, we always talk about uh, education, educating these players, maybe wherever they are getting their finance. You know, sometimes we'll talk about the years which you are playing. It was good enough on, on that time, but now things have changed. But we need to educate those players. You know, clubs, presidents need to come in, wherever they're sending a player, they need to, to educate him using money wisely. Because sometimes club will just come in and use you. And then after you've played football, they don't care about whatever's happened because football is a very short career. And I believe that's why when you look at the UK, people are getting good money. Because imagine for me, at the age of 20 until the age of 37, I'm into the field. And if I was not like getting good enough money, there's no way I could have been surviving, you know? It's not that I'm top there, but I can say that football bought for me one or two things, which I fed my, my family. I'm much better compared to the guys who played at home. That's so true. That's so true. Good decisions and good people around you help yeah. you um, set up your life after football. Museo Tieno, Mr. Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> Mr. 400 Games Plus for Santos. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, it took us a long time to get to each other and sit down and have this chat, but I love talking to you and hearing your passion about Santos about your playing career thank you so much no thank you very much for giving me this opportunity just to to share with people about my my future 
And uh, for me, the most important thing is just for people to give God uh, their life and to put God first, education, and then their talent. And uh, thank you very much, and you are welcome. And um, I really apologize for all those times. But again, it was God's time, and uh, it was meant to be today. And uh, just a thank you to, to, to the Almighty. Thank you so much. Karibu sana. <laughs>